Zion Williamson was nearly perfect in the Pelicans win over the 76ers. I went back and rewatched the film and there's one big reason why he was so effective. I'll explain in today's show. Plus, Trey Murphy returns tonight for the Pels. I'll break down his impact and a couple of lineups I really want to see. It's Friday's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you on this Friday, missed yesterday's show with some stuff that came up, but I'm going to make it up to y'all. We're going to do a bonus show tomorrow, Saturday, maybe even live after tonight's game, and we'll do one on Sunday. So you're going to get locked on Pelicans all weekend long as they play the San Antonio Spurs tonight in the Smoothie King Center, then the second night of a back-to-back against the Chicago Bulls. That game's going to be interesting. So we'll have bonus shows to make up for missing the Thursday show for y'all. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here normally Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. We just made it cheaper to go to a Pels game for you. So let's get into the game I didn't get a chance to recap yet. The win over the Philadelphia 76ers, 124-114. There's kind of two, two aspects to this game that I want to talk about. First is Zion Williamson scoring 33 points, 11 of 12. He made his first 11 shots in a row. 11 of 12 also from the free throw line. Eight rebounds, six assists, three steals, just two turnovers. If you've ever doubted if Zion Williamson is the best player on the team, This game should remind you that is a ridiculous performance. 33 points on 12 shot attempts is frighteningly efficient and just so unbelievably good. That's just wild to me to be able to kind of see that number with how good he was in this game. Not turning the ball over, a menace on defense too, getting in and ripping the ball out. Exactly what you want to see. But notice he he, he was kind of easier for him, wasn't it? And that's because C.J. McCollum was back in the starting lineup. And if you doubted why C.J. McCollum, you know, whether he should or should not be in the starting lineup, this game right here kind of tells you, yeah, he needs to be. Just simply putting C.J. in that lineup more and running lineups with C.J. and Jordan Hawkins, too, while Zion was on the court with some shooters out there, essentially. Well, he had space. He didn't have to go through three, four guys to score at the rim. Most, it was kind of two. He can beat two guys. He can split those double teams, and go and score. And he did. You know, you also saw him when he was met at the rim with some beautiful passes, including that wraparound one to C.J. McCollum in the corner on the right side in the first half for a made three. C.J., by the way, was three of eight. We'll take that here. Zion, again, with six assists. He was just, it's base, and look what he can do. 
He paced this team. You know, the Philadelphia 76ers went through three different center options on him, you know, in the first quarter. They they had no answer. Now, it helps that Joel Embiid wasn't playing for the 76ers in this game. But Zion just tore through them. It was incredible. And it helped when there was spacing. You know, the Pelicans didn't take a ton of threes. They didn't shoot particularly well. But CJ going three of eight while Zion's out there on the court, is definitely going to help things. Brandon Ingram shooting more threes. Four in this one, including making two of them, is incredibly helpful. And it allows Zion to have the space he needs to go and just do work like this. He he was awesome. And it was because the spacing was better and his life wasn't you know difficult like it was against the that second game against the Utah Jazz where they were walling him off in different things like that. It's amazing what spacing can do. And we'll talk about it in the next segment when Trey Murphy comes back tonight was getting even more shooting. This is pretty, pretty exciting. And I'm very excited to see what he and, to a lesser degree, Brandon Ingram can do. We'll talk about that coming up in the next segment here. The other part of the 76ers game, other than Zion taking off because there was an extra shooter on the court, was that fourth quarter where they basically collapsed and had a big lead and made you wonder if they were going to have a big lead at the end of this game, getting outscored by 11. And after having 29-point lead at this, it got close and got down to single digits, and that was a little bit scary. Part of that is this team taking their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter and just kind of taking it easy, right? Brandon Ingram played seven minutes, Zion played nine. They combined to take uh, three shot attempts. Really, really four, because Zion got fouled, went to the line for two of them. But that's it. They combined for four points on three shot attempts. It's not great, right? CJ was trying to do his thing, but was starting to run out of steam after not playing for a little bit, though he was a leading scorer. But you had Hawkins make a three. You had Jose Alvarado taking shots. Dyson Daniels taking shots. They just kind of went away from who they are and what they did in this game because they thought they had this one in the bag. You know, coming off two consecutive losses to the Utah Jazz, you know, not looking amazing against the Clippers, let's say, though they got the win. You know, same with the Kings game before that. You know, this was probably a team that was looking ahead once they entered the fourth quarter. I don't know if this team's in position to be doing that just yet, if they should be doing that just yet. Have they earned the right to do that just yet? I think we would all say no. So it was disappointing that they let the lead get away, but they just need to make sure that Zion keeps his foot on the gas, that Brandon Ingram keeps his foot on the gas, and they should be okay, I think, in the long run with this. But the turnovers were kind of awful in the fourth. They had six of them alone right there. You know, if you cut some of that down, if you come in with the right mentality, and I don't love that they were trying to be like, okay, we can cruise here. Shouldn't be doing that. They needed to have played harder, I thought, in the fourth quarter when they had B.I. and Zion out there before they had to re-put the starters back in. Never want to see something like that. So hopefully this team kind of gets that they're not like as good as they think they are just yet. They're rounding into form, right? We all agree with that. They're playing pretty good basketball. Utah just is like a house of horrors for whatever reason for the Pelicans, but they're not they're they're the eighth seed. They're ten and nine after this. They were nine and nine going into this game as I'm about to sneeze here. So I don't know if they should be feeling as good about themselves as they as they were in the fourth quarter even though they were up by a lot I'd like to see that mentality change that this team feels they need to like earn it more and need to do some more I don't know things to to just then you can kind of chill you're not the Boston Celtics right you're not some of these other teams Milwaukee that we've seen start to play really good basketball you're the New Orleans Pelicans who are 10 and 8 
you know, if you were 14 and four, like Boston is, I think we'd be looking at this a little bit differently, but you're not. And so hopefully they kind of get that out of their system, that that was a bit of a wake up call for them to make sure that they're playing all four quarters. Wasn't anything like, you know, you get these leads, right? And they couldn't shoot in the fourth quarter too. They were taking some good shots, but we go one of seven from three, like that's a problem. But that's also stuff that's going to get kind of resolved because Trey Murphy's coming back. Let's look at that. Let's look at him with CJ, with Zion, with BI. Talk some lineups coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because as the weather gets colder, the NFL and the NBA offers stay hot over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Feeling good about the Pelicans going to take on the the terrible San Antonio Spurs or the second night of a back-to-back? Don't get in on that one. Against the Chicago Bulls, bet $5, the Pels win. You get 150 bucks in bonus bets on top of winning your $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options. Spreads, player props, over-under, same-game parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the NBA action, the NFL action this season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, including bonus shows to make up for Missing Thursday show. We'll do an extra show Saturday and Sunday, maybe even live Friday night as the Saturday show. So if you want the Pelicans content, we got it. The number one Pelicans podcast will be here all weekend for you. And become an everyday. Listen, Monday through Friday. We are the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, after all. Um... Listen Monday through Friday. If you listen one day a week, listen two. If you listen two days a week, listen three. A little bit more is only going to help Locked On Pelicans keep this free in five days a week for y'all. If you listen on Spotify, show me your Spotify wrapped. Where'd Locked On Pels fall on there on your podcast? How many minutes did you listen to? Maybe I'll give a, a prize or something for the winner. So let's move on from the game against the 76ers. Pelicans, Zion's good, right? Like that. That's, that's the show right there when it comes to that. The bigger news arguably, came on Thursday when it was reported by a number of places and then Trey Murphy himself saying that he's playing. He's going to play against the San Antonio Spurs tonight in the Smoothie King Center. Y'all, CJ coming back was really big. You saw it against the 76ers of just how much more space Zion Williamson had in that game that he has had before. That's with one really good shooter in CJ McCollum. Trey Murphy is another really freaking good shooter for the Pelicans. Combined, both of those guys made almost half of the makes for the Pels last season. And now you get them both back along with rookie Jordan Hawkins, who's leading like all rookies in three-point attempts, makes, percentage, all of those things. And you have Matt Ryan, who won't get a ton of minutes going forward, I don't think. But all of a sudden, you have shooters. So let's look at Trey first. Everyone is focusing on the three-point shot. And look, rightfully so. He's good. He is a very good three-point shooter. I'm looking at his three-point makes here. He made 202 last season. CJ McCollum made 211. That's 413 out of the 899 the Pels made. That is a big number right there. He shot 40.6%. If you look at the final 20 games when he was taking more of a starring role for this team, it was 47%. And he was averaging over 20 points per game. This is a dude that is 
just massive for the Pelicans. You know, we expected if he was healthy all season to maybe be in the most improved player running. That's going to go to Tyrese Max, who had 33 points against the Pels the other night. But Trey, that three-point shooting is just, this is what the team needs. This is what the team needs. They are not taking the three-point attempts that they want to in this. They're trending right at last season's number. They're not even at 31 anymore. They're in the, they're 30.9. They were 30.1 last season. So essentially, they're averaging the same amount of three-point attempts. You know who's going to help fix that one, getting CJ McCollum back as it did, but also Trey Murphy and adding a ton more attempts per game to this team this season. I am real excited to see what he's going to be able to do. He took over 6.3 attempts per game last year. What were his per 36-minute numbers? I'm kind of curious at that number right now. 7.3 if he played like starters minutes. It's going to take him a little bit to get to that given he hasn't played at all this season. I don't think we'll see him play on Saturday, the second night of a back-to-back. I don't think we'll see anybody play on Saturday. No Zion, no CJ, no Trey. Now no Larry Nance Jr. We'll get into that in the next segment. It's going to be kind of rough, rough go out there. I wonder if they might just even sit B.I. because why not? But I think he'll play. So you're adding basically like anywhere from like 13 to 16 three-point shot attempts per game back into the lineup. Dyson's minutes are going to go down certainly with CJ and all of these guys coming back. You know, Matt Ryan probably won't play as much, you know, depending on the backup big spot and what that's going to look like. We'll talk about that in the next segment. That could be impacted as well. But I want more I want more three-point attempts in here. You know, I've been hammering this. I was just on the radio with Gus Cattengill, ESPN Radio, talking about this too, saying, like, you need more. And again, you saw it against the 76ers that when you have shooters around Zion, and two of them, two good ones, and CJ and Hawkins, good things happen, and it makes Zion's life easier. The same will apply for Brandon Ingram too, and we'll get into some lineups here in a sec. So Trey Murphy coming back's big just for that. But also don't forget, like he can drive and attack closeouts and dunk at the rim. He was in the dunk contest, finished runner up, probably should have won last season too. Should have won the dunk contest last season. Like really think that. I I think he thinks that as well. So you add another just multi-dimensional score to this team that can punish defenses. And this is where the offense, what we would expect is going to just start to hopefully take off for this Pelicans team and be one of the best in the league because it's an offensive driven league right now you know they're 19th in terms of offense I expect that number to start going up they're 11th in defense and I promise you good offense is going to lead to good defense and both those numbers will improve so let's talk lineups here remember the CJ and like the shooters lineup CJ Matt Ryan Hawkins Herb and Valanchunas let's expand that Let's expand that to CJ, Hawkins, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, and Zion Williamson. How much fun does that sound? Zion with three shooters and a defensive guy in Herb Jones, who's also working really well off ball as like a cutter, as a screener, and all of those things. The space that Zion should have with legitimately three shooters that can make teams pay for double teaming Zion Williamson you know, four offensive players because Herb's doing really well right now. I am just irrationally excited about that lineup. Zion at the five with three shooters and a defender out there on the court. We're going to find out if we, I don't know if we'll see it in this game, but we're going to start to see that soon. I would imagine that lineup could be terrifying. If you want to go all out on offense, take Herb out and put him Brandon Ingram and see what happens with that. CJ, 
Uh, Hawkins, Trey, B.I., and Zion sounds like a fun lineup too. But I want to see Zion with three shooters. I mean, you could even go four. You could take Herb Jones out and put Matt Ryan out there, right? C.J., Hawkins, Trey, Matt Ryan, Zion. Four out around Zion like that would be a lot of fun. Don't know if it could do anything defensively or on in terms of rebounding. But that, that, that unit's going to score. They're not going to miss many threes or Zion's scoring at the rim. They should be hyper-efficient. You know, those lineups get me excited because I want to see Zion with space and see what he's capable of doing because I want to see more games like what he did against the Philadelphia 76ers on Wednesday night. You know, around Brandon Ingram, putting more shooters around him is important too. And this is probably a show we're going to need to dedicate to at some point. He's been really good at attacking the basket this season and scoring at the rim. If you put more shooters around him too and let him dish assists, Similar to Zion, that's going to work. And it's also going to open the opportunity up for him to drive to the basket more, forego some of those mid-range attempts, get to the hoop and score. Now, it's a little bit tougher because do you run Valanciunas out there? Do you run Larry Nance Jr. out there? Cody Zeller? We'll get into some of the big men stuff in the next segment here. So it's a little bit harder to build kind of a small ball death lineup around BI without Zion on the court if that's kind of what we're looking at. Or you just run them both. But Trey Murphy coming back and just kind of unlocking the full potential of this team. I'm excited. Like, I'm excited. You know, we also saw Trey add other moves to his bag, other offensive moves last season. You saw some Euros. You saw a couple of mid-range pull-ups, a few other things that, you know, he didn't have at the start of the year and clearly was working on his craft, trying to get better, trying to improve as a player. And now you get to unleash that guy. Matt Moore, at HP Basketball on Twitter, like an OG basketball Twitter NBA Twitter, basketball Twitter kind of guy who I have like great respect for. Also part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Co-host Locked On Nuggets. He also does the Tuesday episode of Locked On NBA the day before John Corrales and myself do it on Wednesdays. Said he he thinks Trey Murphy is the second most important, second best player, which is a bit of a hot take. And I thought about like reaching out to him and being like, you want to come on the show and like give me this the reasoning behind it. Uh, and I probably still will at some point, you know, to get his take of why he thinks Trey Murphy's second best, second most important player in the team, but a very smart basketball guy that I respect a ton thinks that about Trey Murphy. Very cool that that guy's back playing basketball for the Pelicans. Matt Ryan's going to be behind him too. The flip side of that is this team can't ever be fully healthy, of course. We get an update to Larry Nance Jr. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's look at the backup center spot. Before we get to that, though, right now, I'm excited to tell you about game time. Buying tickets to events can be frustrating and annoying. You don't know if the seats are good. Do you have the right view that you want? You can't find a last minute deal when you decide you want to go. And you're just not sure when is the right time to buy. Now or later, a price is going to fluctuate. You don't have peace of mind when you do it. But GameTime is the only ticketing app that does give you complete peace of mind with your purchase. So you get to see the view from your seats before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Your entire price is shown up front. There's no hidden fees or anything like that. You can buy seconds in two taps. And my favorite part is the GameTime guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase just made it easier cheaper to go to a pelicans game terms apply again create an account redeem code locked on nba l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a special show in some capacity planned for Monday. So again, we're doing a show on Saturday, show on Sunday. We're going to go to Monday too because it's the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. Pelicans on the road at the Sacramento Kings. I'll talk with Matt George of Locked On Kings. Give you a bit of a preview for that because it's going to be a fun game, big game. Like to see the Pelicans advance, see if they could make the finals of the in-season tournament, win the whole in-season tournament would be pretty cool. Get a bunch of national TV games for the Pels and the exposure that comes along with that. As this team's getting healthy, Imagine Trey Murphy or CJ McCollum coming back from injury and being the MVP of that final game. That would be absolutely awesome. Not all that unreasonable either. So I think that's pretty cool too. Okay, let's get into some bad news, which like, of course, it's the Pelicans. We can't have nice things, right? This is an update from the Pelicans on Larry Nance Jr., The New Orleans Pelicans announced today that Larry Nance Jr. re-aggravated his right rib fracture and is expected to miss approximately four to six weeks. Four to six weeks, so month to two months, basically, is what we're looking at when it comes to him. Not ideal, unfortunately. So this is interesting to talk about because I don't think Larry Nance Jr. has played particularly great this season. I don't know if he was particularly great at the end of last season either, but he is a bit of an integral player for what Willie Green and the coaching staff want to do when they play small, be able to defend on the perimeter. That's why you saw him last season close out games over Jonas Valanciunas when Valanciunas is the better player. That goes without saying. You know, and Cody Zeller has done a good job here. So is this something, I don't want to say that it's like addition by subtraction and we never root for injuries or anything like that here. But he hasn't been playing well, and Cody Zeller has been. I don't think Zeller is the answer to what they want to do, but he's been winning his minutes when he's out there on the court, and sometimes it's really as simple as looking at it like that. So I'm going to be interested to see how Cody Zeller does for these next couple of weeks. But, you know, one of the areas that I've said the Pelicans really do need to address is that backup big spot because they just hadn't been getting things from there. And again, I don't know how much you can rely on Cody Zeller if you're trying to be a playoff team. I'm really happy with how he's played. We did a whole segment on him that one time. Remember? After that first game against the Kings where like you didn't even need to look at his stats. Just the eye test said like that dude made an impact in that game. But he ain't the answer. This is an area that if the Pelicans want to make a smaller move, that really does make a significant difference for them. Upgrading the backup center spot, trying to go out and get somebody to give you some quality backup five minutes, I think would be very ideal for the Pels right now. Doesn't need to be like a big center trade like for Jared Allen, Miles Turner, some of the other big names that we have talked about here, but a guy that doesn't put you too deep into the luxury tax that can fill that backup spot for the next six weeks so that you just don't get nothing out of that because there probably will be a time where Cody Zeller doesn't look great, but they signed him for a reason. He, you know, like the one free agent signing they had and he's played well again, just makes me nervous. I'd like a little bit more rim protection, a little bit more defense on the perimeter. I don't even need that backup center to shoot threes right now. Maybe your starting center should, But the backup guy doesn't need to do that. And that opens up a whole other host of options for the New Orleans Pelicans to scour the trade market for, you know, and they've made some calls around the league is what I've been hearing. So we'll we'll see 
what they end up doing here. But if you wanted to make a move sooner rather than later, something that's a little bit smaller, you don't need to go for the big home run, Jared Allen, Miles Turner, any of those names that we've talked about in the past. Make a smaller move that does pay dividends now because that's a spot that gets a bunch of minutes. And so if they do that, I think they have a chance to really shore up some depth and give you something that you really need for this team because that is definitely, without a doubt in my opinion, an area that they are lacking and could really improve upon. How many minutes did Cody Zeller play the other night? Let's see. 13 minutes. It's a minus 9. 0 for 3. He did not have a good game. Four personal fouls. Yeah. you got to upgrade that spot. You've got to upgrade that spot, whether it is going after a guy like Mo Bamba from the 76ers, who has largely been a bust his career, you know, something like that could be a very good move, I think, for the Pels. Who knows for sure? I don't think they'll end up doing something, but that would be the right move, I think, to make right now for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and that would be the, the biggest thing that I would do right now. That's the move that I would make if I were the team right now. We'll see. No one really makes trades. You can't really do anything until December 15th. That opens up some more players. Then it's January 15th, and then you're pushing the trade deadline. But that's an area that I would make a move for right now, given the injury to Larry Nance Jr. for four to six weeks, and then it's probably going to kind of take him a little bit longer to come back from that. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Jose Alvarado also appeared to re-aggravate his ankle injury. He came back in the game. I don't know if we have an injury. Last I saw, we didn't have an injury update on him. He didn't practice, so I don't know if we'll see him out on the court in this one. But with Trey Murphy coming back, that's some minutes right there. So I'm excited. Let me know what you want to see them do on the trade market. Is it go after another backup center right now? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. Don't forget bonus show Saturday, Sunday, maybe a live show Friday. Let me see how I feel on Friday. Um, and it might just depend on how that game goes too. But Wemby, potentially questionable in this one, in the Smoothie King Center should be really cool. I would love to see Zion and him play basketball against each other. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Back with you all tomorrow, Saturday. Back with you Sunday. Special show on Monday. we got a lot to talk about. got a lot of ideas, a lot of show topics that I want to cover. So it's going to be a great next couple of weeks here on Locked On Pelicans. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Become an everydayer. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.